Welcome to Audio Gyan with Kedar Nimkar, a podcast that documents insightful conversations with Indian designers, artists, musicians, writers, thinkers, and creatives of all types. Catch us on iTunes or visit audiogyan.com for more Gyan sessions. Here's your host, Kedar Nimkar. Today, I have Alisa Souza with us on Audio Gyan. Alisa is a designer, illustrator, and an entrepreneur. She did her communication design from Melbourne. and then work briefly with chumbak uh, she now has her own online store called alisasuza.com where she sells her design through stationery home accessories apparel and more uh, today we are here to discuss some bits of her journey but more importantly uh, about illustrations cartoons and comics Uh, so thank you, Alisa, for giving your time, and it's a real pleasure to have you on Audio Gun. Oh, pleasure being here. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, as I mentioned, we'll be speaking about cartoons and sure. illustrations. So okay. uh, the first thing uh, which I want to ask you, and which will also set the context to this conversation, is what is the significance of um, cartoons or comics in the world of arts? Um. So I believe cartoons. Um, and comics for that matter uh have usually a story to tell i think it's a form of storytelling mm-hmm. and um it's se- sequential and it's not abstract in the way that it it is even though there's a bit for the reader to put their own mind to it and figure out what they are saying mm-hmm. and you can take a message of it it's not as abstract as say a painting uh that is um you know a bolt of colors and you know you make sense of it in your own way mm-hmm. and that's it um in that way i think comics have uh, a, is is a beautiful way of just telling a story um sometimes it can be lighthearted sometimes it doesn't have to be depending again on the story okay. um yeah it's it's a beautiful <laughs> way <laughs> of of doing that i guess uh-huh. so there are like different political cartoons and Absolutely. social yeah, yeah uh political cartoons and now uh, of course a lot of indie comics are um, especially in zines uh, have come up so even small little things in everyday lives um are being told through comics and mm-hmm. uh, like and and even what i end up doing is uh, i i don't do too many sequential ones but i do a few single um single panel comic uh, cartoons mm-hmm. and um even though it's just a line it kind of tells you so much about like a character or a personality especially if there's there's a um it's a repetition of a character that if that makes sense mm-hmm. um Yeah, it, it's just. But what yeah. what goes into it? I mean, uh, as you mentioned just now, when there's a small one liner and the character itself, right? But it te- tells a lot uh, behind the story. So, right. Um, what does it take? Is it intentionally by the uh, the illustrator to do that, or uh, the person has to be politically or um, at least socially aware of things happening? Um. So it depends on the. on what firstly it definitely depends on what the illustrator or comic or cartoonist wants to say hmm. so i'm going to talk about like uh perhaps like how i read peanuts as hmm. a child uh reading one comic strip is not going to tell you so much about uh, the characters in there but as you read you go on you understand someone like how charlie brown and that is mm-hmm. um a little confused and a little muddle-headed but also at the same time such a sweet boy hmm. um and you understand i think and that over a period of time over a period of reading a few more of them so hmm. uh, on its own it stands as a as a story but the more you read the more you understand um mm-hmm. each character mm-hmm. if that makes sense yeah. uh, but but sorry it's coming back to 
politics like politics uh, the comics for or cartoons for politics itself is based on what's happening so mm. of course you do need to know context if you don't know what's happening in the world you're not going to completely comprehend what that comic mm-hmm. is about mm-hmm. yeah and uh, one more thing which i have also been trying to ask uh, so i did one audio gan with ashwini menon he's sure. a she's a, a comic um, uh, she she writes ecotism oh, wow, on okay. the hindu right uh, and uh, one of the things which i asked her was that why does it it's it's generally perceived comics to be either child uh, children's thing right. or then uh, like something which is very high end there's the nothing right. in between for light <laughs> entertainment which i think your work is slightly trying to do right um i hope it is i mean i i know that my target audience so at least the most number of people but this may be biased because i'm online and most of the people are online huh. um that's not most of the people but yeah. um my age group is generally between 20 to 35 40 Mm-hmm. um they are of course young younger people and they are older people as well mm-hmm. um and i think uh that's true the only reason it's conceived as uh i mean comics itself the word is still known as something that youngsters would read is because i think they are given that when they are young like tinker mm-hmm. um but there has always been a genre of comics that have been for middle aged I mean, regular middle-aged people mm-hmm. who just like to read, and it doesn't mean it's entertainment only. Like sometimes it's informative, sometimes it's like it's again, like I mentioned, it's like instead of a novel, you can read a graphic novel. Correct. Um, yeah. And there's so much more visually, like there's so much visually going on as well. There's so mm. much more to interpret mm. um, as well. And also, I think now, especially like especially now, there's so many more. comic book artists coming up in india and yeah. we have a comic con which i wish would do so much more for the indian comic as opposed to just getting marvel and dc uh, here because there's such beautiful comic artists and now there's um i think bombay underground sells a lot of zines so many people are doing it and selling it and um funnily enough i went to blossoms the other day and i found these uh zine selling there which was amazing mm-hmm. um so i think that that world is opening up and the readership also is opening up a lot lot more yeah yeah it's a good time for it's fantastic uh, yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> um yeah you have a distinct style of uh, like annotations like if, you, <laughs> if, if someone searches for <laughs> yeah. alisa souza yeah. on google searches uh, you see uh, you see a lot of uh, artwork which has got a lot of annotations so uh, can you tell us uh, like how did you explore this style i mean sure. uh, what was your source of inspiration how did you sure. land up in okay. this style <laughs> yeah. so um let me start with when i was you know when i was younger younger yeah. as in like college days kind um when i used to draw then my style was completely different in fact every 6 months i changed it drastically like if you look at them you won't even know it's me hmm. there are times when it was really dark and most of the time it was lighter hmm. uh but one time i remember one of the styles was really dark like i mean my sister was like so who drew these hmm. and i had to tell her it was me and she did not believe that and stuff um the only reason that i came to the style that i do now is because it's purely because of work like uh i remember when i moved to bangalore and we were working on chumbak that was the quickest way i could and i was the i was doing all the artworks all the drawings and stuff like that so that means i had to produce so much work and this was the quickest way i could mm-hmm. um so i developed a style for that for creating something quick and something i could and that's how the style developed and from there i moved on and so it became from quick to me trying to slow it down a bit 
um, I'd like to think I'm still, still still evolving. So now it's it takes me a little longer for a drawing because I try to like uh, encourage myself rather to take longer to do a drawing so I can put in more details and can put in more, um, you know, texture and stuff like that. But mm. uh, primarily it's because of, I want to say lifestyle, though that's not the right word to use, but <laughs> purely because I have so much to do and that's the quickest way I can do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> cool. Um, again, in one of your interviews, um, uh, you mentioned like agencies choosing over photography, uh, as in choosing photography over illustrations. Right. Uh, I think it was in Design Fabric or some some place okay. where I right, read. Right. Uh, so, like, do you think photos are in general more powerful than illustrations, or how do you? see photos illustrations sure. in yeah, as right. in what's your right. perspective towards looking right. at it um so people of course they do take photos over illustration primarily because i think um it you you can direct a photo a little more easy like it's all uh yeah definitely you can direct a photo a little more easily um you can visualize it i think more easily like someone hmm. um in an agency or if you're trying to convince a client it's easier to talk about like a person's going to be standing like this as opposed to an illustration where you're thinking about how the person itself looks mm-hmm. um it's a little harder because then you go with style and stuff like that um secondly i think one of the reasons why f- uh, photographs is used also a little bit more is because uh people um tend to be attracted to people like faces mm-hmm. and of course like more facey the most faces faciest is that a word <laughs> um the most realistic uh I mean, uh, depiction of a face is, of course, through a photograph. Photograph. And um, it would just be so much harder to get a painter to paint a face every time there's an ad campaign, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so just in terms of delivery, it seems to be like the quickest way, I think. Uh, and because, of course, it's easier also to depict something, say, like um, jewelry or mm. whatever. It is. It's, it's, it's just a different style of doing it with illustration. Mm-hmm. But um, the easier route, I guess, would be... Mm-hmm. Um, through photography of course mm-hmm. this all depends on the, uh, the client also the client and the photograph itself because there can be one photograph taken that takes you forever to take and maybe as long as it just depends on what is required mm-hmm. yeah. you have any uh, particular case study or any any instance where you remember that uh, illustrations have uh, proven to be more powerful than <gasps> huh. a particular uh, I um, so, so I'll always be a little biased, I think, because I'm an illustrator. So I find illustrations work so much better for so many more things mm-hmm. than they're used. Um, but I know for a lot of real estate things, um, illustri- like I remember, I think there was a campaign. Um, I can't remember the name of the real estate agent that used illustrations for. I think instead of putting a picture of a tree and saying, welcome to paradise rubbish that they mm-hmm. put out for most of the real estate. Yeah. Um, uh, things that are out there and the used illustration that was really nice I cannot remember the name of the illust- Ugh, I cannot remember okay. but um, it just worked so much nicer uh-huh. um, because they, they were able to depict um, I think a feeling more than um, and also things you can't depict like um, you can sh- I mean I mean that time I think there were no drones and stuff mm-hmm. like that so like even an aerial view could be skewed to put it in, with an illustration as opposed to like a top view of a, mm-hmm. um, a photograph is not as pleasing most of the time also. Mm-hmm. So depending. But um, it just works so much better. That was one instance where I like clearly remember that that worked really well. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Um, actually, I have few more questions, but even I'm struggling to come up with <laughs> Yeah. 
Um, so is there um, so, like this one is particularly like my personal curiosity. Sure, okay. <laughs> uh, is there like a creator's block uh, similar to a writer's block when you yeah, are especially huh. working on a non-commissioned work? Yes, absolutely. Um, okay, so when I was young, younger, again, I'm going back, yeah. right? When I was in school and college and stuff, hmm. um, when I didn't really have to create, like, I mean, besides college work, really, uh, but I used to every time. Mm-hmm. Uh, there were times when I used to just be like, I'm like, I just don't know what to draw. Like, I'm blank. Hmm. Um, now, of course, it doesn't happen at all. And the, the, I don't know, there are two reasons which I think perhaps is a... Um, why this doesn't happen. Hmm. Uh, but it definitely does happen though. Like, and everyone works differently. At least I'm talking in my instance. Okay. Um, one is because I work all the time. So now I've been freelancing for what, six years, which is uh, a rather long time. Hmm. And that's a continuation of work and personal work. So there's a lot always to do. So even if I don't have something to think of for my personal thing to draw, hmm. um, I know there's all this client work I have to do and like, hmm. uh, or create because I need to do, use it for like my company or something like that. Hmm. So there's always a need. Hmm. Secondly is how I store ideas. So now, because every time I think of something that I want to do or draw, I tend to write notes about it so then I can refer to it later. So even if I say like, right now, if you give me a paper and I'm like, I don't know what to draw, I have a list of things I can draw mm-hmm. out. So that becomes like a, a almost like a... a reference Yeah, a reference to, um, yeah. to like things to draw kind of thing. So mm-hmm. um, that way I'm never, ever stuck. So even if... But there are, mind you, times when I like... I, this is not a block, but it's just like a everything is rubbish today. Everything I do is rubbish today. Mm-hmm. Days. That mm-hmm. always happens. I mean... Um, I mean, I think everyone has those days where even I have a few uh, friends who are writers and they also have those everything I write today is rubbish Mm -hmm. kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Um, That happens a lot more, Mm -hmm. I would say then. And and what is the balance between uh, trying to explore a different style or... Uh, it's always telling a story and the style remains the same. So what, what, there are two aspects to it, right? Yes. So which one are you more inclined towards? What exercise and what's the motivation also behind it? So, um, that's a really good question because a lot of people who are starting out tend to get worried about this. In fact, even I used to worry about like style versus, um, you know, content. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I remember, so when I was in Melbourne and I was working as a freelancer, but I was just starting out, I used to work with this guy, um, an illustrator called Bill Wood. Hmm. Uh, he's one of, he's a really dear friend, like really, really a dear friend. Hmm. And uh, he has, he even though I know his style, like uh, someone who looks at his work would be like, he can do a lot of things because he can paint hmm. uh, as well as do cartoon characters and hmm. like uh, stuff like that. And for him, so all the clients he got were from all over the place because he could do everything from instructional illustrations. So mm. like a ha- like if you're just saying how to open a carton, mm. uh, he'd be able to do that and all the way to a children's book. Mm. Um, when I moved to India and I mentioned that I uh, started getting, a, like I had so much work to do that I had to boil down to the style. That's the only reason I didn't change. Mm. Initially, it used to bug me a lot because I really did want to do like explore different styles. Mm. Uh, but now I realize that uh, most of my clients come to me for that particular style. Okay. So uh, now when I do get the very rare occasional client would be like, can you do this uh, kind of thing? I just say no, mm-hmm. because now it's just I know it's easier for me to just do this style and mm-hmm. I get enough work to, to mm-hmm. continue in this in this way. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think it works both ways. And it purely depends on the person like uh, some people just do just uh, can do like multiple styles and it bores them to do just one thing mm-hmm. um and some people j- really cannot but 
both ways i think there are uh, uh, there are pros and cons because like if you have a style you're only known for that so people so m- people who have like something serious to say so say like uh, a really strong campaign or something you're not going to approach me because mine's really lighthearted Good. even if i may be able to do it mm. um versus someone on the other side where people uh, would come to them for things for anything and everything which mm. means they'll have a bo- broader spectrum of work but they might not be they might they won't be known for a certain uh, style yeah. kind of thing they're known for execution and it's just the type of work you do it's so personal and i just tell people not to stress about it even though people really do mm-hmm. <laughs> for no reason mm-hmm. uh but that works so much it works so well uh if even if you're working in an agency or working as a freelancer that just be able to do a lot of stuff as well is mm-hmm. super super useful mm. yeah. and what's your personal preference content over style i mean now for me i en- i absolutely love drawing in the way i do because it's almost become an extension of me in a way mm-hmm. so now i love that but yeah. because i know Bi- like bill especially like he's my mm. uh because i know his work and the amount he can do I, like that also is like wow that is amazing mm-hmm. um and i feel like i miss out on a lot of things so i feel bad that i don't get to explore mm-hmm. in different styles because if i have a little time to explore i'll exp- end up exploring in my style and pushing that forward as opposed to like let's try something completely different just mm-hmm. because there's no time mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> but then what challenges you i mean in terms of the content or the way it is um uh, uh, communicated um So from if you have a certain style obviously then um you don't you're not challenged in terms of how you're going to execute it because you already know in that kind of style how you're going to draw mm-hmm. but I think if you're not um uh and you have multiple styles I think you kind of know which one you usually take I mm-hmm. I'm not I'm not too sure No no like let's uh, mm-hmm. park this point for now where okay. you have a particular style that's right. that's given sure. so then when a client approaches you there right. is there is uh, something to be communicated with right. the audience also and then there is something to be understood for your um um the way how you would put it right, right? so right. and the type uh, of content also whether right, it's right. whether it's a uh, uh, it's a uh, um, i don't know whether it's uh politically inclined whether right. it's uh, business driven sure. whether it's right. health and lifestyle right, driven right, right, so right. these topics are uh, difficult to comprehend sure. and understand or you can pick up any domain right. but the the depiction is something which challenges more right um so when a client gives me a brief mm-hmm. if i understand this correctly uh, mm-hmm. when a client gives me a brief my main job and i and i always say this this part is the job part of it mm-hmm. is to communicate what they want to communicate it, it does not have anything to do with what i feel like communicating and what you know personally i feel towards it. it's it's mm-hmm. a job that they need communicated and hence i will communicate as they need uh and okay. see fit mm-hmm. there are times when of course if i think you know something else will work i will always suggest it mm-hmm. uh, i think that's also part of my job to mm-hmm. educate a client if there's something that i think visually works in an alternate way mm-hmm. uh and i think i've had like really nice times where they actually do respond uh, usually i mean mm-hmm. well enough to like take heed to what i say mm-hmm. uh so there's never been too much of a ruckus between you know trying to like push and pull between a client and my work kind of mm-hmm. thing um so yeah but it's always always what is needs to be delivered is first mm-hmm. i think this comes from me being a designer first as opposed to an artist first so i find there's a big mm-hmm. difference because as a designer mm-hmm. your your main goal and aim uh, for most projects is to deliver a message and does, it does not involve you as a person and does not involve your uh, you know your work coming through but as an artist your main aim is to be like 
Express, and, oh, right, yeah, express ex- yourself and yeah. stuff. And that's definitely not the case. So when I talk about Ulster, and I talk again, like I, I always talk about not youngsters, but people who want to start out. Mm. Um, I always talk about there are two types of illustration you can do. There's one for you mm. and there's one for clients. And you have to understand clients' work is work. And mm. it's not going to be the case of, you know, um, it's, it's it's so different from it being a hobby. Like mm. it's che- it's work. You have to deliver if, and everything in terms of yeah. what they need and also in terms of, of course, your time and all that stuff. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Brilliant, brilliantly put uh, that it's designer first. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Lisa, I would like to conclude with one last question. Sure. Uh, which is, uh, which I I don't know whether the answer would be preachy, but still <laughs> it's, it's slightly a cliche question. Okay. Uh, so being uh, also an entrepreneur, right. um, besides an illustrator right. and a designer now, <laughs> Uh, how do you see an artist's future who want to specialize in comics, uh, cartoons? So what are your thoughts? And I mean, not advice as such, but right. how do you see um, how uh, if a person wants to explore this field, right. Right. what could be the like possible avenues or... Okay, um, right. Um, firstly, I would definitely tell them they are the best time of their like best time, I think, to be in that field uh-huh. um, because so many things are opening up. Okay. Um, and I like the fact the word that you, the word used explore like because that's truly what people have to do like if they want to start out in any field you have to explore the different avenues that are available. There's never and I find a lot of uh, people who are starting out tend to think there's only one route, but there's so many routes. Uh, in terms of like you can be uh, a book like even and ex- even when it comes to illustration you can just be a book illustri- uh, illustrator and you know children's book illustrator you can get yeah. down to the necessity of um, you know every field um, so if you're if, if there's a uh, comic artist say mm. who wants to get into comic books mm. um, even in that like there are people who want to publish so there are writers who want to publish their writings in a comics book so then you have to understand are you do you also want to do the writing part of it mm-hmm. so then you can work with publishers or whether you want to self-publish that's another ball game altogether so mm. <laughs> yeah. but um and then maybe exploring all of that and realizing what you do like but mm. i think the main thing is to explore and we have avenues like your comic con and we have independent um uh, publishers as well like yeah. um i think kukachi is yeah um the- uh, one of the like Indie, can I call him Indie? Comic book publisher. Um, And so like, you know, meeting all these people and also definitely talking to your other fellow comic book artists and stuff. Just with... The web comics which is coming up. Absolutely. And now because, um, of course, the internet is amazing in terms of like, you know, the the amount of wealth of information and also the fact that you can reach out to people is mm. like if one person doesn't, there's so many other people. And I think there's enough space. Uh, everyone always gets worried about like, you know, there are too many people in the field, but there's never enough people in the field. I mean, I mean, in any field, the market just opens up the minute the number of people in that field okay. increases. Okay. And I think it's just uh, this innate fear of being like, you know, um, pushed to the bottom, but it's not yeah. like if you us crouching as much as the other person you always yeah like in the playing field kind of thing (laughs) cool uh all right i think uh these were the few questions which i had obviously (laughs) there there are a few more things uh like a lot of things actually to be discussed but i think this is a good note to end this thank you so much (laughs) yeah it was lovely talking to you it was a pleasure (laughs) yeah thank you thank you
And that's it from today's Gyan session. Catch us on iTunes, Savan, Stitcher, or any podcasting app you use. Do rate us on iTunes and follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Stay tuned for more Gyan on AudioGyan.com. Till then, bye.